Hello everyone, thank you for listening to today's message. My name is Pastor Dwayne Life, lead pastor at the Life Point Community Church. What you're going to hear today is a message from one of our recent services. And we believe that by listening to today's message, you're going to be blessed and encouraged from the Word of God. You're going to be strengthened. And we believe that God's going to speak to you in a very fresh, new, and real way through today's message. So thanks again for listening. Be blessed and encouraged. And we love you. God bless. Welcome. I'm glad you're here for week one of What on Earth Am I Here For? And just to remind you, this deal is not just a sermon series. Our children across the way are learning what on earth am I here for. They're learning about their divine calling and purpose. In Cherub Church this morning, they're learning about their divine call and purpose. On Wednesday night, our youth group is going to learn about their divine call and purpose. It's a church-wide campaign. In this room on Sunday mornings, the sermon series is called this, Live Your Calling. And here's what I need to start this whole deal off and let you know this one thing. You're called. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about over the next six weeks. Why am I alive? What am I supposed to do with my life? And we're going to start this off by reading one of the most beloved uh, passages of Scripture in in all of the New Testament. You may not recognize Romans 8.28 by its uh, reference, but I bet you've seen it on a Facebook meme. I bet you've seen it on a Thomas Kincaid painting. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that in all things, everybody say all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And here's the problem. We usually stop right there. But what you need to understand is that scripture doesn't stop right there. It goes on to say these words, works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Here's the question. When you hear the word called, or you hear the word calling, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Probably one of these. Uh, Just so I know, how many of you have one of these? How many have it with you? Good. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up the scanner, and I want you to scan that top barcode, because Above anything else, you need to follow along with what's going to happen today. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be a little bit like a racehorse today because i got a long way to go and it's a short time to get there. So I need you to fo- either follow along on that bulletin, scan that code on your phone. we got to be together. You with me? All right. Man, I felt, I felt a little bit. That, that felt good. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Now, some of you are, are old like me that remember what... what Telephone calls looked like before you had caller ID. You had no choice. You just answered the phone, right? But now, now we have that advantage of we know who's calling us before we answer the phone. And let's just be honest with one another. Is there ever a time when you see the person calling and go, not right now? <laughs> have you ever done that? <laughs> have you done it today? <laughs> now, now, here's the process I go through, okay? Uh, if, if I see someone calling and I'm not doing anything, I will likely answer the phone, okay? If I'm doing something, if if I'm having a face-to-face conversation, I'm probably not going to sacrifice a face-to-face for this. That's why they created voicemail. Right, right, right? And sometimes, I'm just going to tell you, if it's an out-of-state area code and it's not a name attached to it, you're not getting answered. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you're selling, I don't want it. So we've all done that. We've all said, uh, nope, not right now. 
What if now on the other end of that phone call was somebody telling you that you'd inherited $50 million and you only got one shot? Oh. You're like, I'm going to ask the phone from now on. You want to take that phone call, wouldn't you? What if God were calling? What if God were calling? Because He is. And when God calls, here's what I want you to do. Answer. We're going to talk about that very thing this morning. On down a couple of verses in Romans chapter 8, verse 30, the Bible says, Those God predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. Now, there's a lot of real theological big words in that, but I want you to focus on one word in that passage. He called. He called you. That, the Greek word for called is a word kaleo. And it appears over a hundred times in the New Testament. And here's, every time you see it, it always speaks to God's purpose, God's assignment for your life, uh, God's reason for your existence. It's all throughout the New Testament. In fact, that word calling is a part of probably the most popular devotion that's out right now. It's called Jesus Calling. We like the idea that, that God, that Jesus is calling to us. The, the Latin word is, now I'm going to trip you up just a minute, is vocation. Now, we've made the word vocation mean something that it didn't really originally mean. See, voc, it, it, the first part of that word, vocay, is a Latin word that means vocal. It's, we get a vocal, vocalize. It means you're calling. We've, been, we've made it mean your job. And, and, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but your job and your calling don't necessarily intertwine. Sometimes they do, but not necessarily. The Bible is full. Listen, the Bible is full of people responding to the call of God. Adam, Abraham, Moses, Nehemiah, in the New Testament, Peter, Paul, Mary. You got it. Because we're old. So here's what's going to happen over the next six weeks. We're going to talk about specific dimensions of God's call on your life. Because here's what I need you to establish right now. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, what you've walked through, what's walked through you. God's got a call for your life. Here would, I like to pray scripture. So here's my prayer for you today. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. So that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. You fulfilling his calling. He says is his inheritance. And I pray that that's what happens to us today. So today what's going to happen is there's going to be just an overview, an introduction for the next five weeks when we discover what our calling is. But there's some foundational truths that we got to lay today. And there's eight of them that we're going to talk about. So we got to go. You ready? All right. Now now listen, I need y'all to be like monstered up and caffeined up and ready to go. Okay. We we need to sell Red Bull in the back, I guess, for the next six weeks. So we got to be ready to go. You ready? Say, let's go. Number one, my calling is a gift from God. My calling is a gift from God. Listen, you didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. You can't work for it. It's a gift from God. graciously given to you by God. It's a gift. Galatians 1 and 6 says, God, by His grace, 
through Christ. You might want to circle that. By His grace through Christ has called you to become His people. What's grace? Undeserved kindness. Grace is, this is a great definition. Grace is when God gives you what you need, not what you deserve. How many of you are thankful that God doesn't always give us what we deserve? You with me? I have, a, I have an idea of where we'd be if we got what we deserve. And here's what we need to understand. When we talk about calling, this is not detached from our, from our salvation. In fact, 2 Timothy 1 and 9 says, He has saved us and called us. Our salvation and our calling go together. Listen to me. If, if you're in this room... And we'll talk about this a little while later. But if, if you're in this room and you're wandering around and you feel like your life has no purpose, and you feel like your life has no direction, you feel like you're not really sure why you're here, and you just feel like you're kind of wandering around just existing on this planet, can I tell you, the first step is not coming to this sermon series. The first step is you surrendering in a whole your life to the person of Jesus Christ. And, and listen, if you haven't done that, don't you dare leave this building this morning. Without praying a simple prayer, God, I surrender my life in whole to you today. And let me tell you what we believe happens when you pray a prayer like that. The Bible says all the old becomes brand new. And listen, this is what you got to get. The calling that has been on you before you ever drew a breath will now become very real because you've surrendered your life to Christ. My calling is a gift from God. He saved us and called us to a holy life is what... 2 Timothy 1 and 9 says, not because of anything we've done, but because of his, whose purpose? His own purpose in grace, which leads us to number two. I'm called for God's purpose. I'm going to bust your bubble. Your life is not about you. It's not about your plan. It's not about your hopes. It's not about your dreams. You're created by God for God. By God, for God. On purpose, with purpose. It's His plan and purpose, not your plan. I'm called for God's purpose. Here's what, at, at 17 years old, I had an incredible encounter with God. I was at a very traditional church of God on a Sunday night. How many know it can get a little dangerous on Sunday night? Y'all with me? Y'all been there? But it was a very powerful service, and I was praying alone in the altar. And I felt, I felt God, if I've ever heard Him speak to my heart, I heard Him tell me that I, I needed to surrender my life and, and follow a calling that He had for me. I, I really didn't know what that mean, meant at the time, but over, uh, uh, over some, uh, a period of time, I began to understand that what that meant was God had a plan for me to share the gospel. God had a plan for me to serve him in ministry. God had a plan for me to preach the good news. So I got up from that, from that prayer, that encounter with God. You know what happened? Nothing. No, no lightning bolts hit. There were no angels flapping their wings over my head. And let me tell you what's happened from that time till now. Um, I pumped gas. I fixed copy machines. I, uh, I drove a school bus, which I'm just, never mind. I mixed paint at an automobile paint store. 
I, I was, I sold cars. You still like me? Yeah, I, uh, I was a youth pastor, and now I'm, I, I pastor LifePoint Community Church. And here's what you need to understand. Sometimes your calling and your career intertwine. Sometimes they don't. Your career makes a living. Your calling will give you a life. You with me? You say, well, I can't do what God calls me. I'm, you know, I, I pump gas for a living. Does anybody ever actually do that anymore? I don't think so. Ephesians 2 and 10 says this, for we are God's workmanship. You might want to circle that word workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That word workmanship is a beautiful word. In fact, the original word means poem. Listen to me, and somebody in this room needs to hear this. You are God's work of art. Some translations take that word workmanship and, and call it masterpiece. For you're God's masterpiece. You're his work of art. Well, Dwayne, I don't, I don't feel very much like a work of art. I feel broken. I feel messed up. I feel torn down. I feel insignificant. I feel unworthy. I feel like I don't have value. I need you to stop. Listen to me. Stop it. The Son of God counted you valuable enough to come to this earth and shed His blood for you because you're His masterpiece. So when you feel like you're not valuable, that you're junk, that you, don't, that you don't have all the stuff that you need to accomplish what God might have for you in life, understand this. He counted you valuable enough to spread His arms and die for you. That you're His masterpiece. You're His work of art. You're His poem. That's how God feels about you this morning. That's how God feels about your value and what you're worth. And maybe this world, maybe somebody else has robbed you of, of understanding who you are in God. And I'm, and, and I'm glad you're here today because I want you to hear from God's Word that you're valuable. You're a workmanship. You're a masterpiece. You're God's poem. Yeah. Hmm. And he said, we're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here's, let me, let me tell you what you're not. You're not here to be a consumer of God's blessing. Now, aren't you thankful for God's blessing? Aren't you thankful for His favor? But listen to me, you're not here just to consume it. You're put on this planet to be a contributor. It's not just about living your life and existing. God's called you, listen, to do something. To contribute to the body of Christ. To contribute to the kingdom of God. To help somebody. To help somebody walk this journey. You're called, everybody in this room, you're called to contribute to the kingdom of God. Yes. So if, if you're here and you're 
Christian experience up to this point has been as a consumer, I'm going to challenge you over the next six weeks to turn that nonsense around and contribute. I don't have anything to contribute. Yes, you do. You just, you've just been listening to the wrong voices. Yes, you do. You're uniquely and divinely created. There is nobody on this planet just like you. You've got a calling. You've got a purpose. And it's time that some of us understand that God's got things for us to do. We need to get off our fannies and get it done. Can I say fanny? I said it twice. Prepared in advance for us to do. That leads us to number three. God chose my calling before I was ever born. Oh, man, that's good news. God chose my calling before I was born. Two passages of Scripture. Listen. Galatians 1 and 15. It pleased God in His kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born. What undeserved mercy. Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I shaped you in the womb. Listen. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. You know that that weird thing about you? That quirky little thing that everybody makes fun of? He knew about it. That weird personality trait that you got, he knew about it. That hang-up, he knew about it. Listen, does God know everything? Did he know every sin you commit even while he formed you? And he did it anyway. Now, you and I, when, when, if, if we were shaping a, a lump of clay and it, it got flawed, guess what we'd do? We chunk it and start over. That's not what he did. Nope, nope. I'm going to take this nonsense in their life, this stuff, this junk, and I'm going to form it into something that I can use. And I'm going to speak a calling into your life. Before you ever draw a breath, I've got a purpose and a plan for you. And you might walk through some junk, but you're going to come out of it experiencing my glory. You're going to come out of it experiencing my purpose and plan and calling for your life. Hey, that's good news for somebody. And here's what you're saying right now. Dwayne, you don't understand. I got junk. I'm flawed. Get in line. Anybody know the name Nick Volchik? He's pretty flawed in the world standards. You know why? He's born with no arms, no hands, no legs, no feet. Let me tell you. Now, in our eyes, that's pretty flawed, isn't it? He has traveled the world sharing the love of God. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have heard the gospel from a man with no arms, no legs, no hands, no feet. Listen to me. What the world sees as a flaw, God can use to call you and equip you to do an incredible work on this planet. So whatever you've defined as your flaw, why don't you offer that to God? We're going to do that in just a few minutes. Offer that to God and say, God, will you do something with this? And let me t- don't you know that our Father longs to hear that prayer? Isaiah 44, 2 says this, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. What does that teach us? First of all, I'm not an accident. Now, now I'm just going to share something with you. I'm not an accident, but I don't think I was planned. My older brother is 10 years older. My sister is 7 years older. Here comes Dwayne. 
Listen to me. They're accidental parents. They're no accidental people. You hearing me? God knows. God's got a plan. that, That verse teaches me that I'm not an accident, that I have a creator, that I'm deeply loved. He said, you're in my care. That God planned my life before I was even born. Is that good news for anybody? Well, I'm glad it is because here's what we're going to do. We're going to memorize that verse right now. It's ten words. You can handle it. You with me? You focused with me? Here we go. Isaiah 44.2. I'm going to read it, then we're going to read it together, okay? Isaiah 44.2. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Let's say it together. You ready? One, two, three. Isaiah 44.2. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Without looking. Isaiah 44.2. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. That is good news. Take that home. And when the enemy tells you that you're worthless, that you don't have value, you just look at him and spit out those words. He's my creator. Before I was ever born, he destined me to become who he's destined me to be and he's got a purpose and a plan and a calling for me so you can just go back to hell where you came from say it with me isaiah 44 2 you are my creator <laughs> i am your creator you were in my care even before you were born i got to do some work so here's what we're going to do we're going to do this for the next six weeks we're going to when we make a point, I may say this. I may say, get it. If I say, get it, you say, got it. Okay? Get it? Okay. Once you say, got it, I'm going to say, good. Once I say, good, you say, give it away. Get it? Good. Get it? Good. Let me tell you something. If you take what we're learning today and you keep it to yourself, shame on you. How many of you know that there's a world going crazy around you that needs to know that God's got a call in their life. That God's got a purpose for their life. Don't you dare sit on this information. Don't you dare sit on what God's telling you this morning. Don't you dare just bottle this up inside and not share it with somebody outside this building. All right, here we go. Number four. My sins. (laughs) I can't even read this and not cry. My sins and my mistakes don't change my call. It doesn't matter how bad you've messed up your life so far. Listen, it doesn't matter how bad somebody else messed up your life. We only have to look as far at... The Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was a religious terrorist. Here's what 1 Timothy tells us about the Apostle Paul. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Here's what he said. I did a lot of stupid stuff. How many of you can say with me, I've done a lot of stupid stuff? Me too. And listen to me. I didn't change God's call in my life. And then change God's call on your life. God's got a plan for you. God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste your pain. And He doesn't waste your sin. Listen to me. Only a God, only God could take sin 
and turn it around and help that sin, that thing that you walked through, that thing that you've had to repent over and get forgiveness over, can use that to further his kingdom. Listen to me. I know some of you. You had some stuff done to you that you had no control over. Some of you have been hurt. Some of you have been lied to. Some of you have been abused. Some of you have been abandoned. Some of you have been deserted by people that told you they loved you. I'm sorry that happened to you. But I want you to hear me very carefully. God doesn't have plan B for you. The calling that he had for you before you were ever born is still in existence. Sometimes my calling, the expression of my calling comes from the pain that I've walked through. So listen to me. If you failed, if you've dropped the ball, if you've sinned, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that doesn't change what God's plan for you is. So, So just take a breath. Now that doesn't mean that, that, that we don't need to have an understanding of where we stepped out of bounds. But I'm telling you that what you've done doesn't change what God's planned. He wouldn't be a very big God if I could change His plan. Which leads us to number five. My calling is permanent. Well, I don't want it. I don't care. It's still there. Now, I'm, again, I'm not talking about your job. How many of you have ever changed jobs? How many of you have ever changed jobs and were smiling as you walked out the door? Yes, two hands, some of you. See, I'm not talking about your occupation. I'm talking about your calling. Your occupation may change many times in life. Your calling doesn't. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says this, God's gift, gifts and his calling are irrevocable. King James says it like this, are without repentance. Well, God, I've messed up so bad, I bet you're sorry you placed this call on my life. Nope. Now, now listen, the expression of your calling may change. The who, what, why, and when may change. I haven't always been a pastor of a church. That, that part has changed. The calling... To share the gospel, the calling that he placed in my heart, it hasn't changed. In fact, the, the New Living Translation of that same passage says, God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. Number six, my calling. Man, you've you got to get this. My calling is connected to others. You can't fulfill your calling on an island. Calling and community always go hand in hand. You can't fulfill your calling by yourself. In fact, Scripture says in Romans 14, verse 7, none of us lives to himself alone and none of us dies to himself alone. It's, it's like your body. We've used this illustration before, but I don't want to gross anybody out. But how, how great is your eyeball? Isn't that awesome that it takes light and transforms it into images that we can, you know, that our brain picks up and, and without our eyeball, we don't experience any of the beauty of the world. But outside of my skull, that eyeball is not only gross, it's useless. 
Right? I, I, I love that I have a hand with five fingers and it, it can help me work and it can help me accomplish the things that I need to do day by day. But if, if, I, if, I, if I sever it from my arm, it's nasty and useless. And I want you to hear me. And, and I, get, I, get, I get people upset with me because I, I, I talk about this so much. But I want, I want you to hear me well. The way you connect your calling to a community is through the body of Christ. We call it the local church. Ephesians 4 and 4 says, We are all one body. We have the same spirit. And we have all been called to the same glorious future hope. Hebrews 3 and 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, listen, this is important. Dear brothers and sisters, who's he talking to, by the way? He's talking to the church. Who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven. We're better together. We are partners in this deal. So now I'm going to talk about small groups. And and I'm just going to just give you a little warning. I'm going to talk about small groups so much over the next six weeks, you're going to feel nauseated every time you hear the word small groups. You, you can approach this campaign a couple different ways. I hope you don't do this. I hope you don't sit back on the periphery and just come on Sunday morning and come, you know, twice in six weeks and just go, man, that was, that was good information. You, you know, you'll get something out of it, but you're not going to get what you need. I'm going to tell you how to get what you need out of this deal. It's to get here every Sunday morning. I know... Some of you got to work sometimes on Sunday mornings. Yet I understand. If at all possible, get here every Sunday morning for the next six weeks and then connect to a small group. We've got two opportunities for you to do that. On Sunday morning at 10, on Wednesday night at 7. They're going to be very similar. If you can't get to both, get to one of them. Now listen, if you can't do either one of those two things, here's an offer I'm going to make to you. If you'll come to me with three names... I will, at no charge, I'll give you the small group DVD and the study guide. You start your own small group on Tuesday at 3. I don't care. But don't go through this deal and not connect to a small group in some way, shape, form, or fashion. I'm not telling you you won't get anything. I'm telling you you won't get everything. Did that make sense? You need to be reading this book with us. Well, I'm not a reader. Well, start. Get the audio CD, put it in your car, and read this stuff for 40 days. I bought it on Kindle for $9. Connie Johnson got it for 99 cents. God loves her more than me, I guess. <laughs> I told them in the prayer room this morning, this like anything else, you'll get out of what you put into it. And I'm telling you that some of you that have been wandering around a little bit, that have been struggling with, listen, I believe that if you'll do this, God will help you overcome an addiction. Because you'll find out that your purpose is not to walk around life addicted. You'll find out, I believe God will help some of you overcome depression. Because you'll find out that your calling in life, that your purpose in life is not to to walk around depressed. And and I just believe that God, whatever the junk, whatever the hang up you're dealing with, I believe when you discover God's calling and purpose for your life, it'll, it'll help you find focus. 
So, connect to others. Number seven. God empowers what he calls me to do. I'm going to take you back to that same 17-year-old boy that felt God's call in his life. I sat in my pastor's office, which is, I don't know, for me, it was more intimidating than the, than the principal's office. I've been in both. But I had this stuff that, that, that I felt like God was telling me to do, and I didn't understand it. I didn't know how to process it. So all I needed to do was sit down with my pastor. And I said, I said Pastor Kenzie, I'm, I feel like God wants me to do something. And he said, what, son? I said, I feel like God wants me to be in ministry. I feel like God wants me to preach. I feel like God wants me to teach. And he said, well, do it. And I said, I can't. He said, why not? I said, and I remember saying, I can't do what you do. I can't stand in front of people and open my mouth and stuff that makes sense comes out. I can't do that. And I'll never forget these words. He's gone on to be with the Lord. I can't remember a, a, a sermon the man ever preached, but I'll never forget these words. He said, son, if God called you, he'll equip you. Yes. And I'm going to tell you the same words. You feel like God's asking you to do something that's too big for you. You feel like God's asking you to do something that's outside of your own talent and ability. You feel like God's calling you to do something that you cannot do on your own. Listen, it, it, if... If you think you can do it, that's not God talking to you. And I'm going to tell you the same words. If God called you, he'll equip you. If you'll say yes to God, listen, this is going to change somebody. If you'll say yes to God, all of the resources of our Heavenly Father are at your disposal. Man, if I haven't learned anything over the last 10 years planning this church, I've learned that when I don't know what to do, God does. When it's too big for me, and can I tell you, it's been too big for Dwayne since day one, and it still is. There are days I sit out of my office and go, God, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. I have no idea how to go forward. I have no, can I tell you, I think that's right where God wants you. Because then God can take that sloppy lump of clay and begin to mold it and shape it into what he's destined you to be and i'm just telling please hear this from my heart god may be talking to you about something that's bigger than you good because then you're going to lean in his arms you got to lean on his power you got to lean on his presence and if he called you he'll equip you ephesians 4 verse 1 therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. How do I do that, Dwayne? There's going to be a little anacronym come up on the screen. It's called learn. This is what we're going to do over the next six weeks. We're going to learn. We're going to learn together. By the way, this is not Dwayne preaching at you. This is Dwayne learning with you. Is that okay? Y'all okay with that? We're learning together. Over the next six weeks, L, we're going to listen to God's word every day. That's why I want you to get that book. If, if you don't already have it, get on Amazon. They'll have it to you in two days. If you, if you don't know how to work Amazon, tell me you need it, and I'll have it for you in two days. I'm not kidding. I, we'll get you a copy. Download on your Kindle. You have it in two minutes. Read every day. Well, Dwayne, I'm not going to read that book. Open your Bible. I don't care. Put God's word in your heart, in your mind, every day. 
Listen to God's word every day. Enlist friends who challenge me. You know what we call that? Small group. Told you you're going to get sick of it. Get around people who are walking this journey with you. Get around people who will encourage you and push you up God's mountain and not drag you down. Man, I, I, can I just, I got to camp out there for just a minute. I want you to be salt and light. I want you to go, we, we've been talking about it on Wednesday nights, I want you to go and, and intentionally have relationships with people who are far from God and are facing a Christless eternity so you can be a light. But you need people around you who will encourage you in Christ. People around you who will help you be, be who God called you to be. Ask questions, accept correction. Hey, if, if something's happened you don't understand as we go through this process, ask somebody. Ask me, ask Donna, ask one of our leadership team. And, and listen, we'll do all we can to, to point you in the right direction because we love you. Remember and reinforce what I learned. In other words, Isaiah 44, 2 is what? I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. I was cheating too, don't feel bad. But we're going to learn that this week, right? And lastly, now do it. Just do it. Invest yourself into this process over the next six weeks, and I promise you, you'll, you'll have a reward. Here's what I'm going to be praying for you. First, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 11. So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. You can count on God to give you the strength you need because 1 Thessalonians 5 says the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. There's one other thing I need you to know before before we go on, before we finish. And that's this. Let's just, let's just go through all of them together real quick. My calling is a gift from God. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It's a gift from God. I'm called for God's purpose, not mine. God chose me before chose my calling before I was ever born. Before I drew a breath, he had a purpose and plan for my life. My sins and my mistakes don't change my call. My calling is permanent. My calling is connected to others. God empowers me what he calls me to do. And lastly, there's a reward for living out my calling. There's a reward for living out my calling. Paul said it like this. I press on toward the goal to win the prize. For which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, Scripture says that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard the miraculous things that God has prepared for those that love Him and are are looking for His appearing. Let me tell you what that means. That at the end of this life, life begins for those who are called, for those that have surrendered their life to Christ. But it gets better. Not only is there eternal life on the other side of this life, There is abundant life right now. The reward for living out your calling is abundant life and eternal life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, we pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. God wants to share everything that he is, everything that he has with you. In heaven one day. So here we are. God's calling you. What are you going to do now? You're going to swipe it? You're going to ignore it? You're going to decline it? 
You're going to answer the call. Listen to me. You're like, Dwayne, I'm, I'm not really sure what my calling is. You're not going to like what I'm getting ready to say. Because over the next five weeks, not counting today, we're going to help you discover that. But you may have to say yes before you know what you're saying yes to. Are you there? Are you there, ready to say, God, whatever you've got on the other end of this phone call, whatever you've got on the other end of this calling, I'm going to answer it. Are you, are you ready to write God that big of a blank check? I want you to hear me. If you are, oh, listen, to, please listen to this. If you are, if you are, there is no words that can describe the miraculous things that God can do in your life. And if you aren't as good as it gets, it'll always be second best. You'll never have the life that God intended until you're ready to say, okay, God, whatever is on the other end, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Are you there? Here's my prayer for you. I ask God, this is Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. I ask God to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing Him personally so that you can see exactly what it is He's calling you to do and grasp, listen, look at this word, the immensity of this glorious way of life He has for Christians. That's the message Bible. The immensity of this glorious way of life He has for people who believe in Him. Here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take out your connection card. Elijah, will you bring me one? There's one beside you. You're a good man. On the back, there's a, there's a couple of next steps that I want you to look at. First off, I want you to memorize with me. Obviously, I need to work on it too. I thought I had it memorized. and uh, I want you to memorize Isaiah 44, verse 2. If you'd be willing to do that, I want you to check that box. When it says, I'll commit to learn. Guys, throw that, that learn up, back up on the, on the screen. Can you find it? I, I think you can. L-E-A-R-N. I'm going to learn this over the next six weeks. I'm going to listen to God's Word every day. I want to enlist friends who challenge me. In other words, I'm going to get involved in a small group. Even if it's, I, I'm not kidding when I said that. If you can't get here Sunday mornings, you can't get here Wednesday nights, give me, give me your name and two others, and I'll get the materials to you by Wednesday night. And you, you can have it at your house. You can have it at Starbucks. I don't care. But you have somebody with you. We're not doing this on an island. You with me? You ask questions and accept correction. You remember and reinforce what I learned, and then you do it. In other words, you're going to share this with somebody else. If you'll commit to doing that, I want you to check that box. And then if you're going to say, I'll, I'll get here every chance I can for the next six weeks, I want you to check that other box. And here's what you're saying. You're saying, I'm going to invest into this process. I'm going to do all I can to find out what God's call, what God's purpose, and what God's plan is for me. Now, I was going to come, and we're going to pray together. And I want you to, I want you to focus with me this, just, for, just for another moment. I want you to bow your heads.
Hey, hey, today, I want you to pray with me, and here's, here's what I want you to do. If you're here and you say, Dwayne, I'm ready to answer God's call. I don't care if you've been following him 50 years, I've been teaching Sunday school, 43. Today, I'm answering God's call. I, I, I don't care if you're a, an ordained minister and you've been, I, I don't, today, I'm answering God's call. Then I want you to pray that, along with me. But before we do that, if you're here and you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to pray it with me. If you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want you to mean it in your heart. You're going to pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to Jesus. I want him to come and live inside of me. I want him to give me purpose. I want him to give me and reveal to me my calling. I want to serve him and I want to live for him forever and forever. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, here's what I need you to do. The Bible says we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I need you on that connection card to let me know that you prayed that prayer today so we can celebrate with you. And now if you're here, here's what we're going to do together. We're going to say yes to Jesus. We're going to say yes to his call on our life. Even if you don't know what it is, you're going to find it out over the next five weeks. But it's, it's all going to start with a yes. So pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name. Huh. God, thank you. Thank you that our calling is a gift from you thank you that we're called not for us but for you thank you that you chose our calling before we ever drew a breath thank you God that our sin and our mistakes don't change our call thank you that our calling is connected to others through the body of Christ through the church thank you that you're empowering us to do what you've called us to do And thank you for abundant life and eternal life. So God, we say yes, individually and corporately. We answer your call. Now over the next five weeks, God, would you teach us, show us, develop in us our calling and our purpose. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to give God an ovation of praise for His goodness, His grace, and His mercy. Matthew Robertson is coming. Here's what I want you to do. Make a choice now to be here next Sunday. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here.